Um, so I'm going to stand up um, a little bit here. I, I don't like the. Uh, I don't like that actually. Um, we're going to be in in Second Kings chapter six, so you can turn there right now. Second Kings chapter six. And I'm going to lead us in prayer as we get into uh, 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 1. Lord, we just come to you right now, Lord Father, and I thank you um, for this day. I just pray, Lord Father, that your word go forth in power. I pray that it speak clearly into the lives of every single person in this place. Um, Lord, you have a specific message. You have, Lord, um, challenges for each of us as we consider what you have to say to us through your word. I thank you and I pray, Lord Father, for Pastor Tim and um, his wife, Michelle, Lord Father, are down the shore, Lord, just kind of relaxing and taking a vacation. Uh, that's well-deserved, Lord. I just pray that you refresh them, that you pour out your spirit upon them as they are taking in a, a, a service down the shore with one of our sister Calvaries. I just ask right now, Lord Father, for um, Inspire Sports Camps as well, Lord, as our outreach to our urban communities. Uh, Pastor Kurt and his team are fighting the good fight, Lord. And uh, I heard all of the amazing stories yesterday of how you reached down and you touched the hearts of many young people. And I, I pray that you continue to do that good work through him and his team. And I just pray for us this morning, in Jesus' name, amen. So, <clears throat> you turn on the TV, and there's all of these uh, stories of calamity, pestilence around the world. You turn on the TV, and you see stories of crime and people... Um, getting held up or mugged on the streets. You turn on the TV and you hear stories of wars and invasions and mutinies. And I don't know, if you're like me, you start thinking, wow, the world's really going to heck in a handbasket, right? And you start thinking, what can I do? What can I possibly do? I'm just this person in New Jersey living the okay life, you know. What can I do that can influence a nation, a community, a town, a family? And I'm going to postulate to you today that we can all be influencers, not social media influencers, but actually influencers in our society. I'm going to postulate to you that you have more power 
within you than you think. And many of us sit here and sort of like, oh, wow, what's my purpose? And your purpose could be staring you right where you are, and you may not even see it. And I'm going to show you a man who was an influencer, not only of men, but of a whole nation. Elijah the prophet is that man. See, chapter 6 is not only about, you know, opening the eyes of people. It's really about the story of this guy's life and what he means. Here's Elijah, and I'm going to read chapter 1, and it says, The company of the prophets said to Elijah, Look, the place where we meet with you is too small for us. And you may think to yourself, what, what, what are they talking about? Well, Elijah, many of you guys may know or may not know, he had a school of ministry. He had a school of prophecy. And all of these guys were coming from all over the nation of Israel, going down, and, and, and a lot of people say that it was around the city of Jericho, right, around the Jordan. And they were coming from all over Israel to go to Elijah's school of ministry. And these guys were going there because of Elijah's influence. And they understood that Elijah, right, had the power of God and the Spirit of God, and they wanted to tap into it. These guys were committed. These guys were honorable men who were all coming together for one purpose, and that purpose was Jesus Christ. And Elijah was pouring into these guys. But they said, hey, essentially they were saying, hey, we're, we're outgrowing this place. We're growing so much that, Elijah, we, we got to build, we got to expand. And unlike most church expansions, right, where, I don't know, I, I came from a Baptist church, so they used to throw the little, you know, pandeletas used to go, that means a, a little thing, right? And, and then they used to and say, yo, dip into it and throw in your money, right, your coins, you know, that's the expansion uh, campaign. This was no hey, we're going to ask others. It was more like, we have to do this. We're going to do this expansion. Why? For greater effectiveness in this world. We're doing the expansion to reach more folks for Christ. And these committed, industrial, faithful men say to Elijah... Let's go down to the Jordan where each of us can get a pole or a stick or a tree or a log and let us build a place there for us to live. They weren't asking for anything. They were doing it themselves, guys. Point number one, these guys said, hey, we understand the need. And we're willing to take up the sticks, willing to take up the tools to build 
what we need ourselves. And so often in churches, you see a need. There's something that needs to be done. But we're so unwilling at times, not all of us, but sometimes we're unwilling to say, hey, I I can fill that need. I, I can step in that gap. But these guys, they saw a need. They said, hey, Hey, Elijah, I, 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 I think we need this, and we're willing to do it. We're willing to go forward with you. And Elijah's so cool because he says, go, do it. And trust you me, if you came up to me or Pastor Tim and you said, I, I want to do a certain ministry, I'm not going to ask you a thousand questions. I'm going to just say, God's called you? Yeah. Well, do it. And these guys were similar to that. And here's what they did. Elijah's a type of Jesus, right? A type of God. And the first thing they did is they asked God, do you want, can we do this? So in anything that you do, in any ministry that you do, guys, ask God. Is that what you want for me? Is that what you want for me? Is this what you're calling me to? To influence this world? To make out my purpose? I'm on board. I'm there. I'm going for it. And then they say, then they go a little further, and and they say, then one of them said, Won't you please come with your servants? Not only are they asking God, hey, is this what you want me to do? Number two, they say, can you come along? I want you to be there with me. Lord, you've called me to this, but I can't do this on my own. I need you. You guys want to be influencers. I want to be an influencer. This is what we need to do. God, what do you want from me? Okay, you, okay this is what you want me to do? Are you going to come along with me, God? And, and guess what? <laughs> it's really easy. He, he says, I will. I will. Go, and I will. It reminds me of Matthew 28, right? The great, the great Commission. He's, he's telling them, go out. He's telling them, I'm going to be there with you. So wherever God calls you, trust you me, if you make him a part of it, he will go with you. Then he does something interesting. They say, and he went with them, and then he say, they went to the Jordan and began to cut down trees. As one of them was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water. There he is. He's doing ministry, right? This guy goes down there. He's cutting wood. He's just chopping away. And all of a sudden, 
the instrument that he was using, that iron head drops in the water. Can't chop wood anymore with just a stick. And so he loses his ability to do exactly what he wanted to do, right? The expansion to get the wood to build. And there's Elijah probably looking on the scene, understanding that this was going to happen, just waiting to see what the reaction of this person is. And guys, you can have two reactions in ministry. You can have two reactions. The first reaction is you look around, and maybe this is you, myself, or maybe it was times in our our lives as we do ministry. You look around, no one's looking, and you just play it. You know, you fake it until you make it, right? That little saying that people do, and you just start playing with the stick and hoping that no one's looking around and seeing what you're doing. You lost your axe head, the ability to do ministry, but you're out there like knocking, knocking trees, making noise. And so many of us, myself included, have struggled with this probably. You're just knocking trees, but not doing ministry. You're faking it. And this could be ministry, this could be your Christianity, this could speak about so many things. And there we are, just knocking trees. It reminds me of Samson. Um, You know, Samson was a Nazarite, as many of you guys may know. And Nazarites were supposed to do three things, right? Can't touch from the vine, right? Can't drink wine, right? Can't cut your hair, right? And can't touch dead things. Really simple. And but Samson thought he was playing with a little sin. But he not he didn't think he would ever get caught. And you may think, what do you mean, Sal? What do you mean he didn't think he could get caught? Because the Bible tells us that he touched a dead thing, right? If you remember. He had killed something. He went back to the cow. He reached in, grabbed the honey, ate the honey. Nothing happened to him. Oh, this is great. Nothing happened to him. He's a Nazarite, though. If you remember, it said he walked through the vineyard, right? Grapes. Nothing happened to him. And then he got involved with a girl named Delilah. And Delilah tricked him, said all sorts of things, and ultimately got him to confess. But you ask yourself, was Samson just stupid? I'm sorry, I used that word. Yes, dumb, idiotic. Or was he just like, you know what? I touched that thing, nothing happened to me. I went through a vineyard, nothing happened to me. So maybe if she cuts my hair, nothing happened to me. And so many of us play with sin in the same way in our Christian walk. I didn't get caught yet. No one at church saw me. You know, I'm involved in all sorts of things. 
but no one's looking, no one's picking up on it. I'm good until that one day you get crushed. Until that one day the Philistines come into your house, right? And you get up as Samson got up and he thought he was going to fight. And the saddest verse in all of the Bible said he didn't even know the Spirit of God had left him. So there he goes. He's about to punch him. And he couldn't fight back. That's the one way. Or the second way. And it says, Oh, Lord, he cried out. It was borrowed. Here's what I'm suggesting to you. Is you could do it Samson's way, right? Fake it till you make it. Play with sin. Hit that stick against the trees. Making everyone think you're okay. Or you could do it the second way, which is to call out to the Lord. Call out to the Lord and say, Oh Lord, I need you. It is borrowed. Right? He understood that the Holy Spirit within him was only given to him. Do you understand that? The Holy Spirit is given to us, right? He understood that he needed God. And he understood he didn't have it. And here he was, just sitting there, man, and he's like, man, Elijah, I need to be really poured into at this point. And he sits there and the man of God gives us, and if you're taking down notes, you know, take these down. Because this is probably the, the pattern that if you find yourself in this situation in your walk, if you find yourself in this situation in your marriage, if you find yourself in this situation in any relationship, because it, it can be helpful to any relationship. We're talking about our relationship with Christ this morning, which is the most important relationship. But this fits the pattern for any relationship. The first thing you should do is cry out to the Lord. Cry out to the Lord. And just ask God to help you. Ask God to enter you. Ask God to reveal things to you. And understanding that God can fill that need. Then he says, The man of God asks, Where did it fall? Where did it fall? When he showed him the place, the second thing you should do is think back, man, when was my relationship with God the best? When was I on fire? When was I doing things that were just, man, I felt so good that my walk was there? 
Was it maybe I was attending Wednesday Bible studies, attending prayer sessions on Tuesday, you know? Was it I was ministering to people, sharing the word with folks as they came into my workplace? Whatever it may be, I don't know. I know what it may be for me. You have to ask what it may be for you. But it reminds me of Revelation and what Jesus said to the, to the church of Laodicea. Return to your first love. Right? What did, what did he say? He said, where did it fall? And what, what did it go? He took him to that place. He returned to his first love. He returned and said, there it is, man. That's where it fell. Go back there. Go back in your memory box and think to yourself, man, where, where, where did it come from? Where, where did I lose it? Where, where was I doing? And, God, and, and, and this guy takes Elijah right back to the place and said, there it is. That's where, it, it, that's where I can remember. And if you remember... What did Jesus say to that church of Laodicea? He said, listen, repent. Repent. All right? Three R's. Repent, return, renew. Repent, return, renew. That's what you do. God doesn't say, hey, you know, I'm going to put you on timeout like some of us do with our kids. You know, I'm going to put you on timeout for a little bit. You've been acting fool. I'm going to put you on the sidelines so you know how to act and you come back to me. You know, uh, me and my wife use this pattern with our daughter uh, where we tell her we, do, we don't do timeouts. You know, I want you to check your heart. All right? And, and we put them over and we check your heart. And then when you check your heart, you come talk to me because I want you to understand your own heart for God. Well, that's what God does, right, with us. Check your heart. Then come talk to me. But he doesn't hold it against you. He says, where is it? Just repent, man. Turn around. Don't do it again. And renew yourself. And go forward. You want to be influencers, that's what we have to do. There's a constant ability to just to understand that we are sinners, only saved by grace. All right? Each of us screw up on a daily. Each of us don't get it right. And God's just saying, hey, I understand that. I just need you to turn around and allow yourself to be vulnerable to tell me that I don't get it right. And he says right there, right then, (laughs) I got you. Then Elijah does something really interesting. He says, Elijah cut a stick or a tree in many of your translation. Remember, the guy's holding a stick. 
right? He got the stick. He's, he's been playing around. He's hitting those trees. He's holding a stick. But Elijah said, God, God reveals to him, not, not that stick, guys, not that one. I'm going to cut a new stick. I'm going to cut a new tree. And if you remember, what's the tree? Can anyone? Like, answers are appreciated. What's the tree? The cross. Exactly. Because it tells us, history tells us that it wasn't this neat little cross that we wear around our necks. You know, I'm Puerto Rican, so I wear, I've been wearing crosses my whole life. All right? So, it's not that nice little neatly made. It was probably a tree that they just cut down and they put our Lord Jesus Christ on. Right? Spread his arms and his legs for you and I. And there it is. He throws. He says, I'm going to cut this new tree down for you guys. I'm going to give you new life and life more abundantly. Why? Because I have a purpose for you. You're going to influence this world. And then he does something neat. And he says, I'm not only going to cut that tree, I'm going to throw it in the water. So he cuts the tree, throws it in the water. (laughs) It's neat. Why? If you remember um, Moses in Exodus chapter 15, verse 25, if you remember that account, uh, the folks leaving um, had just crossed the Red Sea. They were a little thirsty, if you remember, and they're in the desert. And they come to a place, Marbah, and they run down to the water, and they just dive in. But the water, what? what? It was bitter. Right? They went to drink, but they couldn't drink it because the water was bitter. And the Bible tells us that Moses prayed, and God revealed to him a tree, a stick. And he threw that tree, that stick, into the water. And what happened to the water? It became sweet. Oh, you're going, man. I'll get you to be Pentecostal soon enough. All right. So it became sweet so they could drink of it. In this, Elijah throws in that stick into this water, and it becomes sweet. So point number three is take up your cross. Because when you take up your cross, the the bitter things in life, those, those things that worry you, those things that so concern you, become sweet. They become sweet. And there he is. Elijah throws it in. 
And something interesting happens. He says that the iron, that iron ox head, or axe, um, floated up. In some translations, it said it swam up. All right, it, it made a swim up, right? And it comes up to the surface when he throws that, that stick in. And it swims up. I don't know how it happened, right? We can all say it's a miracle, right? Iron's pretty heavy. But it swam up to the surface. And then it says, lift it out, he said. Lift it out. See, so many of us, we go through hard times in our lives and in ministry and things, and and we cry out to the Lord, we return to our first love, Um, you know, we, we, we take up our cross, and God is saying, hey, that thing, that ox head, right? That, that thing, that Holy Spirit is there. That purpose for you is there. But you got to take it up. Right? So many of us are like, well, Lord, you're going to have to do it. And you're going to have to put that thing back on the stick so I can do the work. If you don't put it back on the stick for me to do, I guess you're not really calling me to do this. But that's not God's economy. That's not how God works. God raised it up and said, go get it. Go lift it up. Go jump into that water like Peter did, right? From the boat. And if you think, Sal, you're crazy. That can't be it. Well, if you remember, in Genesis there's an account. Noah, right, was on the ark. And it's said that the dove, right, the dove was just going around. And it's said that Noah reached out and grabbed the dove. And what's the dove? The Holy Spirit, right? It's a symbol of the Holy Spirit. He reached up and grabbed the dove and pulled it in. That's what we need to do in this world. You want to be an influencer? Cry out to the Lord. You want to influence this world for Christ? Return to Him. You want to be an influencer for the things of the Lord? Pick up your cross. You want to be an influencer to change what's going on in our country? Reach up and grab and take up your purpose. Because that's what we need to do. And here he ends up and he says, The man reached his hand and took it. I just pray that we are like that man that we reach out our hands and we take what God has for us.
just want to leave you with this. You know, sometimes you say to yourself, oh, Sal, that's, that's kind of cool. Thank you for that. I'm glad Pastor Tim's coming next Sunday. <laughs> Thank you for leaving us with that. You did such a great job. What's that all mean? Right? This is what it means. Sometimes you say, well, that's kind of cool, Sal, but you don't understand where I'm at right now with the Lord. You don't know the struggles that I'm going through. You don't know the heartaches that I've been through. You don't know the deaths that I've experienced lately, the breakups of marriages and the loss of family members. You you don't have a clue what I'm going through. That's cool. Yeah, I can get back and do all that. And Yeah, Sal, that's awesome for you. But what I would say to you is that if that's how you feel, I'm going to do a real Philly thing. I, you guys are all New Jersey people, but I'm from Philadelphia, right? So I'm, a real Philly thing is, yeah, so what? Shut up. You know, <laughs> we used to say, uh, you know, suck it up, buttercup. You know, like, get over yourself. Because it's not about you. I would tell you that if you put your first step forward, if you show affection for Christ, right, you take that first step and you start doing what he's called you to do. If you start walking in what God has called you to walk in, guess what will happen? That first love will start coming back. The affections will start. I'll give you an example. Try this out, husbands, because I'm going to try it out myself. If you start doing the little things that you used to do when you start when you were dating your wife, has your wife ever told you this? Wow, when we were dating, you used to do all these things. You don't do it no more. You used to write me little sweet little notes tuck them in my little thing. When we first got married, yeah, my wife was looking at me. Um, <laughs> you used to call me and text me like five or six, ten times, unless you're Michelle Gentle. I mean, Michelle Flores, she still does that. Um, you, you know, you used to do all of these things. Guess what? Let's try this out. Let's try to do those things again. Because what happens is when you pour yourself out into someone, it comes back. That love sparks again. And that's exactly what God wants you to do. You take those steps. You start doing what you know you need to do, what you're supposed to do. And guess what? The sparks of love happen again. And you're back to being that burning gas of energy of star that God wants for what? Why? To be an influencer. To influence this world for Christ. That's why. See, Elijah, he was an influencer. He influenced a whole nation. And if you read the other accounts, 
in, in, in 2 Kings, you will see he influenced the king and saved the whole nation. Why? Because he trusted God to be his provider. He reached out and grabbed him. I pray that each and every one of us reach out and grab God. Because he's there for the taking. Okay? We'll pray us out. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just come to you, Lord Father, and we thank you. I thank you for the word of God, Lord Father, and Second Kings, Lord Father, as we can rely on you, Lord, because we want to be influencers for this world. We want to be change makers. So often, Lord Father, that's exactly what I pray for my own daughter, that she be a change maker in this world, that she be flying and, 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 and holding a banner where no one else has held it. I pray the same for each and every person in this place right now. And I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.